0: always have changed time with myself, Lauren Jacobs. Welcome to K-Pulpit. I hope that you've been having a fantastic, fantastic, wonderful afternoon, whatever you've been doing. And today on the show, I'm going to be kicking off... October yes okay I know it's not October yet but October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month and of course we know into November we have the 16 days of activism that's when we actively get involved in seeking solutions and you know raising our voices getting involved in protests and getting involved in functions and events that's happening out in November of course but October if you don't know yet it's actually Domestic Violence Awareness Month it's a time where we raise awareness on the issue of, of course, domestic violence, domestic abuse, gender-based violence. Yes, it's called many different things, but of course, it's all encapsulated in the fact that abuse is happening. And today on the show, I'm joined by gender justice specialist Natalie Collins, all the way out from the UK. She's also the creator and trainer of the Own My Life course. Now, Natalie is so passionate about gender-based violence about domestic abuse. She has been a trainer in this area for many, many years. She was out in South Africa doing training here just a few years ago. She's written a phenomenal book on domestic abuse. And she also is a gender justice specialist, having done her master's, having been so impactful in this area. And so I invited her onto the show to talk about the Own My Life course, which is going to be at the highlight of our show, but also to talk about and to really unpack you know, abuse. We're going to be touching on trauma and what happens in our bodies and why we, when we begin to understand that, we might also begin to understand why people cannot leave abusive relationships. Often, and I want to say this today as we kick off the show, often we are judgmental towards people who don't leave abusive relationships. We can easily judge and say, oh, well, why doesn't that person just Leave that person, or why don't they just kick that person out, or why don't they just get over it, or why don't they just do something else? But actually, there's so much that happens in a person's body, in your brain, in your emotions, in your spirit, that we need to begin to understand. And that is why Natalie is going to be unpacking quite a lot for us today on the show. And I cannot wait for her to join us and also to have her expertise because she is so phenomenal and so incredible. So Natalie is joining me after this. Enjoy some music. Are we going to kick off? learning all about domestic violence and no it's not going to be heavy it's not going to you know domestic violence of course is quite a heavy topic and it's quite intense for our hearts to sometimes hear but today's show is all about empowering so stay tuned Natalie it's so good to have you with me today here on voice of change it's going to be such a phenomenal time that we're going to have together we're going to be touching on domestic violence but we're also going to be talking about how to grow how to to take ownership of your life you know and just really really this is going to be a very impactful time so before we get into that welcome to the show and it's super good to have you with me today
1: Thank you. It's so good to be here. I would love to be with you in person, obviously, but I'm over here in the UK. And so, um, yeah, it's great to to be chatting with you again, Lauren.
0: Mm, Definitely. And I'm hoping that you will be with me in person eventually again when you come out to South Africa, because I know that you've been here and done so much incredible work here as well. And speaking of work, you have created something very very powerful a course for women as well as practitioners about domestic abuse the Own My Life course now tell us a bit about the course about you know the heart of it how does it work I know that you have written a book that was released about domestic abuse and unpacking that and you're just an expert in this field so tell us a bit about the course and what's been happening with this how does it really function
1: yeah so um I've been working on issues around men's violence towards women primarily domestic and sexual violence but also some stuff around pornography and wider uh, women's rights issues and um in about 2014 I started to write this course for women I'd run lots of courses for women in the community and um, had um, started to do quite a lot of work with Christians had written a course for young people about abuse and exploitation called the day program and that's what I was over um, in uh, Cape Town doing when I last saw you there was there uh, training some practitioners to run the day program and um and so I started to see the need for a course um, for women um, that brought together both awareness about what abuse is, um, There, in the UK particularly, and, and elsewhere there are um, resources to help women to understand what abuse is, but in the last 20 years the understanding about how trauma affects our bodies what stress does to the body our physical and physiological response to trauma um has developed dramatically and so there's a real need to see a course that would give women literacy about their bodies and their brains and what's going on with them why is it so hard to leave an abuser you would think it would be easier to leave someone who's abusive than someone who's not but actually it's much harder to leave an abuser Mm -hmm. and that would explain a lot of that kind of stuff about what why does it make so little sense about why am i behaving in ways that seem to make no sense to me never mind to anyone else yeah and um, but also to look at the wider societal messages that abuse and abusers and those of us who are subjected to abuse don't exist in a vacuum we live within a culture in a context which promotes or normalizes certain behaviors and makes it harder for us to make good choices for lots of different reasons and we'll probably look at them in a bit and so um, i started to write the course and then got some funding miraculously to be able to finish writing the course, pilot it, and start delivering it across the UK. And so, um, the course is twelve weeks long. Um, the sessions are between two and three hours, depending on how quickly you talk and how the how <laughs> engaged participants are. Um, and then, the um, the sessions have two whiteboard animations that we've created. One of those whiteboard animations each session looks at and um, how our body is affected by trauma, what's going on in our brain when we're subjected to a threat and all that kind of stuff. And then one mm-hmm. of the videos looks at wider societal messages. Each session has a quiz that looks at different stuff around relationships. We have uh, different activities and it's really fast paced and engaging and fun. You know, sometimes people think, oh, it's a subject, it's a cause about abuse. So it'll be really miserable and really sad. And yeah. of course it is really hard, hard to face that stuff. But I always say, um, one of the one of the core parts of our methodology is fun and laughter because one of the things that mm. an abuser does is steal our joy and so when we're doing work on on kind of moving forward with our lives then we need to we need to find our joy we need to find ways to laugh at the ridiculousness of a lot of what abusers do i mean it is really serious and really terrible and terrifying but it's also sometimes just ridiculous some of the expectations yeah. they have and so um so, yeah, so there's a 12 week course, and then there's a six week follow on course that women can then um, join. And the idea with that six week follow on course is that it helps women to become um, self-organized so that then mm-hmm. they can continue as a peer group supporting one another. And then that facilitator who's been facilitating the course can then start facilitating another course. And so um, we, the model is it's a train the trainer model. So we train mm-hmm. practitioners to deliver the course with women. And then, um, and then they take that course into their local area. Every woman gets a journal, which is like a 200 200- page full colour book which women just love because it's Mm. you know so often the resources that women when they're accessing services there's like folded piece of paper and it's all kind of really um you know it's not high there's often a lot of sense of like we're getting the the least of everything you know that it's charitable and so that can be really you really feel like, oh, I'm just kind of being receiving charity rather than actually this is something that's high quality. That's because you matter. And so, mm-hmm. uh, so that's kind of how the cause functions. And the reason it's called the own my life cause is fundamentally someone is abusive because they believe they own their partner and they have the right to do what they want because they're entitled. So an abuser's behavior comes out of this core sense of ownership and entitlement. Mm -hmm. And so when we're in a relationship with an abuser, we start to be owned by someone else. We start to have someone else who takes possession of us and we we lose control over our life, over our choices, over our body. Um, And so we wanted to kind of, even in the name of the course, we wanted to reinforce that, what we need to do if we wanna move forward if we want to take back our life if we want to um move into all that we are meant to be then we need to take ownership of our life and we need to own our life Mm -hmm. and so that's why it's called the own my life course because what we're saying is when we've been with an abuser somebody else takes ownership of us and our children if we have any and the course is about taking women on a journey to taking ownership of their lives and saying no my life belongs to me um and you know within a Christian context there might be Christians listening going no i like." belongs to Jesus and feeling quite (laughs) affronted (laughs) by that message and I think what I would say about that is that we can't gi- we can't give our life to Jesus unless we own our life can we and yeah. so if we are in a relationship with someone who's controlling us who's abusing us who's taking ownership of us we don't ha- we don't have control of ourselves to give it to God and so that's one of the reasons why churches need to be so much better than they are at responding to abuse because actually what we need is we need to create context and create um, faith community. we need to enable women and men if they are abused to be able to take ownership of their lives because then the next stage, if um, the course that we run with the Own My Life course isn't a faith-based course, but I would say for those who are coming from a Christian faith perspective, once we own our lives, once we give women the resources to take ownership of their lives, they can then choose what they want to do with that life. um, And then if they want to dedicate that to Jesus, they can, but they can't do that when they don't own their life.
0: Hmm. I love that you mentioned this. There's so many things that you mentioned that's so critically important and I think talking about ownership of your life is absolutely key I know just on a a simple level I know for me in my life there have been many times where you know Jesus has said to me what do you want you know when I've been faced with with different options to do different things he would he would say to me you make the choice and whatever choice you make I'm going to bless it you know so what do you want it wasn't like he was telling me I was like what do you want me to do what do you want me to do you know there's that whole mindset yes we, we do believe belong to you know to God and we do but he gives us ownership of our lives in order to make the correct decisions and he's leading and guiding us and I think it's important and the other thing that you mentioned as well is a uh, trauma and I think that that is a, we know it's such a huge topic and exactly like you said over the last 20 years I know I started studying psychology and got my degree in psychology I think it was but 2007. And even then, you know, from that stage to now, the amount of information and the research and the understanding we have of different things psychologically is huge now, and especially trauma. And trauma gets locked up in our body. As we know, there's that incredible book called, you know, The Body, Your Body Keeps the Score. And it is true the trauma, how it gets locked up inside of your body, how it gets locked up even inside of your jaw I've had people that I know go for you know lots of different kinds of therapy and eventually when they land up at physical therapy there's parts of of them that actually like in their jaw because it's that numbing of their own expression their own telling of their own story that has got so much pain in and when they get that release there's tears there's crying and they're like well actually just release my jaw but actually there's something deeper happening here the trauma that's connected to that it is really so deep isn't it Natalie and I think it's so important that this is why this course is so powerful because it's also about talking and unpacking and understanding trauma. And that is, I feel, an area that we don't often learn that much about. And I feel like just as ordinary, normal human beings, maybe not even therapists or anything like that, we need to actually understand these things because this can help us heal dramatically, not only from abuse, but also from other traumatic experiences in our lives.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, you know, when we talk about trauma, um, you know, in the context of the course, it it is about generally about how men have hurt us. But there's, there's three, there's three core types of traumatic kind of incidents. Um, you have, um, you have incidents that are somebody harming us. So um, being subject to abuse in adulthood or childhood. So somebody has deliberately harmed us in one way or another. You have incidents which are um, kind of cat- catastrophes where there isn't anybody who is at fault. So, you know, an earthquake or um, mm-hmm. you have if um, somebody gets cancer or somebody that we care about dies, you know, so these things where there isn't an agent involved. So you have that second type of trauma. And then the third type of trauma is um, systemic oppression so mm-hmm. where somebody is subject to poverty where there is inequality where somebody's subject to racism or sexism misogyny that there are kind of wider systemic forms of trauma which are, those are really tricky to make sense of because it's not what it's not a set of incidents that we can go oh yes yeah, so that person died and then I felt bad or mm-hmm. actually then that person hurt me and then I felt bad it's like I live in a world that doesn't see me as as valuable as other people and that has an ongoing impact on me. So when we're talking about trauma we're talking about things that fit into those kind of three categories. And so one of the things that's really interesting that we learn from trauma ther- trauma theory is that talking therapy is really problematic for traumatized people, particularly cognitive behavioral therapy, which is what lots of people, I I know in the UK, it's something that lots of people get referred to as CBT-based therapy. And actually, CBT is really ineffective for dealing with trauma because CBT was designed to deal with irrational fear. So Mm -hmm. I live in the UK where there aren't any spiders who can kill me. (laughs) and So (laughs) if I'm terrified of spiders, I need to go to, uh, CBT would help me to go, the spider's not going to kill you, the spider's not going to kill you until I can internalize that, that, tr- that story and that truth and I mm. can start to no longer be, be scared. The reality is that trauma is about rational fear. You know, that actually if you're scared of spiders in a country where spiders kill you, it would be no use going to therapy which says the spider's not going to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> because that's potentially going to pre- prevent you from protecting yourself. And similarly, going mm. to therapy which says your ex-partner's not going to kill you or harm you well he, he might harm us and so there's a real challenge with the lack of literacy about trauma meaning even when people seek help the sorts of help that they're offered is really ineffective and and talking therapy can re-trigger us like you were saying with physical yeah. therapy um things like um Uh, breathing type stuff or mindfulness and and all those kind of things and so fundamentally when we to understand what what is happening in our bodies when we're traumatized our body is trying to protect us our body um kind of comes across a threat that might be um a partner being abusive a parent being harmful it might be a car accident it might be um you know being in a in a culture where there is a lot of racism and we then we become quite hyper attuned to that or whatever Mm. and so we come across a threat And then our body goes, I need to protect you. And so our body goes, there's five different ways our body can protect us. It can go into fight, flight, Mm. freeze, flop or friend and so if it fights it's like it'll go into kind of an aggressive mode if it flights it'll be like I need to run away or it might be about going into kind of like hiding within ourselves and becoming quite withdrawn because that's like a running away internally isn't it yeah. then you've got flop where our body might kind of just go quite floppy and um, freeze where our body kind of goes rigid and friend where we try to befriend that threat and try to make the threat go no no I, I tell you what I'll make you a cup of tea let's, ha- let's sit down mm. and, and inside we're going why am I doing this I think this person Going to kill me, but I'm trying to make them a cup of tea. But actually, that's about our body going, what is going to be the best way to protect this person? And the Mm. thing about these responses is they're not rational, it's not our brain in its thinking bit going, Mm. I will do this to keep me safe. It's our trauma, it's our threat response, it's a much different part of the brain which is there to protect us. And so before we've even worked out whether that's a a real lion or a stuffed toy, or whether we've worked out whether that's a real spider or actually just a tomato stalk on the kitchen cabinet, (laughs) (laughs) our our brain has gone into alert and suddenly we're responding and you know if you've if you've been in a situation where you feel your stomach lurch and you're absolutely terrified and then you realize oh oh no it's okay there wasn't anything bad happening there that's about our body going into a threat response before our brain kicks in and realizes there isn't a response And so then our body goes into those responses to keep us safe and what can happen, particularly if we're subject to repeated threats and threats that we can't control or do anything about, particularly if we go into a freeze or a flop response, so we go into kind of a passive response. Once we then leave that situation, our body is still trying to protect us and so it might dissociate, it might be hyper vigilant and so the really one of the really sad things about when we're traumatized is we usually start to fight think our bodies failed us and we feel like our bodies let us down and messed us up and we feel like we failed actually like what we need to be saying to our body is thank you so much Mm. like you're really you've really helped me out but actually right now I just want to do my shopping I don't want to be in a dissociative state yeah and so it was something about understanding that's what trauma is about it's about keeping us safe and I, I did my master's dissertation arguing that um, trauma responses are grace-empowered superpowers. That in we understand that our responses are physiological, is our brain and our body protecting us, and we understand as Christians, we understand ourselves to be God created, that mm-hmm. all of our body is created by God. That means those trauma responses are God created, and if they're God created, they can't be bad. And yeah. so when we start to understand that, we can start to see these, see these ways we respond and see some of the things that often other people in our see as dysfunction as actually a grace empowered things that are graces that God has given us to enable us to survive and obviously when we're no longer in a threatening situation our body's like still doing that and that's really inconvenient and really difficult but actually we need to move to a place where our body and our brain know that we're safe and a lot of those things will change but that's quite difficult if we're make, if we're hating our body and saying stop doing this yeah. I'm really angry with myself yeah. for not being able to do things the way I want and so that's how we start to move forward is by enabling ourselves to feel safe, but also in our churches and in our communities, creating communities where people can build that sense of safety. And that's what we hopefully do with the O My Life course too, is create spaces of safety where people know that they're safe and then those trauma responses will likely dissipate to some degree.
0: Hmm. I love that. And I want to say thank you so much for sharing that with us as well, because this is such powerful information. I know as somebody who really, really uh, struggled with panic attacks there whole entire life from well not anymore but I think I was about five years old when I had my first panic attack and then you know we had it right through until I was in my 20s and one of the things that became important for me and it was something that I leaned into doing no one told me to do it but was really beginning to ask the question why am I having these panic attacks and asking actually my panic attack what are you trying to tell me you know what am I actually fearful of what is happening here you know what are you saying to me about out my you know because I could not identify why I was feeling that way and then obviously beginning you know to work through that and having to work through that was also very a long journey because i had grown up in a family of abuse and actually the panic attack was there because of the abuse that I had you know lived through and the minute I moved out of my home, I could, I could actually feel like I was not feeling that way anymore. But like you said, there's still elements of that, that your body is still doing, because you were doing that for 20 years, you know, you were in that situation. And I think it's important for us to realize that there's a deeper truth here. And like you said, this is actually a a superpower. So it's a grace empowered superpower. And it's it's something that we should lean into. And we're going to take a really quick music break now I don't want you to go anywhere because Natalie is still with me after this and the truth is we want to also talk about you know abuse within the church it is October is domestic violence awareness month here in South Africa and it's something that we need to talk about as well and we want to really empower you to walk away today saying you know what I can take ownership of my life, but maybe I've never seen myself as someone who needs to do that, but actually maybe I do. So don't go anywhere, enjoy the music, and we'll see you after this. You're with me, Lauren Jacobs here on Voice of Change today, and it's so good to have you with me, and if you are just joining me, welcome to the show. I hope that you've been here from the beginning, but I'm with Natalie Collins, and we've been talking about the incredible course that she has developed and put together, the Own My Life course, and we were you know, uncovering that and also talking about trauma when it comes to domestic abuse, when it comes to gender-based violence. We've been really, really unpacking that. So I hope you've been with me all the time. If not though, welcome, welcome. You're not going to miss anything because we're going to get deeper into this. Now, Natalie, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, I think this course is just incredible. I think it's amazing. I'm sure that you've had women share their stories after they've done the course and the changes that they've experienced and the freedom that they feel. I'm sure that you've heard those kind of stories. Can you share like any with us of what women have experienced when they actually look at it and go, actually, I can choose my life. I can own my life. You know, I can be in this place of empowerment. I don't have to always give that power away. But isn't that also something that we need to learn? And sometimes even in our childhood, you know, if we have caretakers that are not good and caregivers that are not good, that are abusive themselves, they also take that power away from us. We grow up feeling helpless, powerless, or even voiceless. And it is it is something that we then take into adulthood and something that we have to kind of begin to unlearn. And we could even end up with a partner that does exactly the same to us because that is sometimes obviously how it works. So what kind of results have you seen or people's lives have you seen touch and change? And I'm sure that that is a huge big deal and it's why you you have developed this course
1: yeah definitely um our, uh, we we so because we do the training for practitioners a lot of the time um when practitioners go off and they're delivering their work they're not always coming back and telling us all the amazing stories we do have a way of um the way that we evaluate the course is women fill in an evaluation that comes to us centrally online and so that's really great because we can read women's stories i just end up spending hours weeping every you know when it comes to annual report time i'm just crying listening reading all these things that women are saying about how the course has changed their lives and Um, a lot of the practitioners actually before we even talk about the women who are accessing the course in their local community a lot of the practitioners who come on the training talk about how transformative it's been for them how much of a life changing experience as a worker it's been to come on the course because so often we're really demoralized in the in in this work because it just feels like it never ends and very often it's not just you know the other challenge that women face as part from the abuser is often if if um social care you know social workers or um, or at schools or, you know, health or whatever, when other people are getting get involved in their lives, that often makes their situation worse because they're expected to jump through a million hoops and the perpetrator is left to not have any problems, you know, is not held accountable at all, but the woman is expected to do a million things. And so um, it can be really hard when you're working with women and you're seeing that the whole system is failing women, that, you know, there is no, the criminal justice system doesn't work and doesn't lead to convictions, that the men can do whatever they like without any accountability. And so it can be really 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 demoralizing so I think the first thing I'd say is that the training itself has been massively transformative and practitioners are constantly telling us how it's made such a massive difference to their life one woman said it was the closest thing she'd ever come to a spiritual experience which is funny because it's not it's not a faith-based course at all um but um in terms of some of the stories we had um there was a practitioner who emailed to say that um one of the women that she um was working with is in her late seventies, and she'd come on the course, been with her husband for forty years, and had left him. And um she is has a new lease of life. She has an allotment, and she brings in cucumbers oh, <laughs> wow. to give to all the women. It's and amazing. she's set up a WhatsApp group called Girl Power with the other women in the group who are all <laughs> a lot younger than her. And she's she's like living in her best life. There's other women who've con- Contacted us to say that it's enabled them to reconnect with their children there's women who have come on the training and then they've gone away and it's and um, one woman contacted me to say that after doing the training she talked through some of the resources with her mother who'd been in long-term relationship uh, a long long time i mean years and years um decades of abuse from her father and her mother had now left the abuser um and had moved forward and this woman had been trying to support her mother to leave for years but suddenly these resources had given her a new approach that had really enabled her to to kind of talk in a new way to her mom and Mm. see real transformation so um other another another organization contacted us to say they had a woman who um, was like a totally different person and that in the six week follow on course, she'd she presented a full session on mindfulness for the rest of the group. And, and that she was a totally different person. Another woman who said the course changed everything for me. She said, I got into a relationship with another guy, but because of the course, I realized that his behaviors weren't OK. And I broke up with, from that relationship. And we've heard a number of cases the same where women say, yeah i met a new guy and actually the cause had given me the skills to kind of cut it off soon enough that he hadn't mm-hmm. had a chance to get his claws in you I know, mean, this isn't about the fact that women you know sometimes people could hear that and think oh well is it because some women are attracted to abusers no 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 it's just there's a lot of abusers out there and so you know that and if we haven't been given the skills to recognize when somebody because in the uh, nobody starts off being an abuser not they might be yeah, abusive exactly. but they don't start off being abusive to us they're very nice and they're kind and they look totally different and behave totally different than any previous abusive partner or you know parent or anything that we've had and so it's not a case of that we are going in and looking for the wrong person or anything like that it's just that very often we've not been equipped to notice early on a lot in mm. fact a lot of the things that are abusive early on we're conditioned to think as romance so if somebody's really mm. intense and they want to be with us all the time and they um they don't give us time or space to think if they're giving us really um kind of really inappropriate gifts that are too expensive for how long we've been together if they are Talking about us being together forever, or sharing their innermost feelings or biggest vulnerabilities with us in those first few weeks or very early relationship time, all of those things are culturally coded as being like an an ideal partner, and actually they're all really signs that somebody might be quite dangerous. And so giving giving women the skills to say no, actually this is making me uncomfortable. I'm going to set boundaries, and if they Mm -hmm. respect my boundaries, maybe the relationship can go on. And so there's a lot that we we also talk a lot about us being. uh, We have a video that says I am whole and that we so much of our culture says things like you know when we talk about I don't know if this is a, a South African thing but in the UK we definitely have people talk about my other half or my better half oh, yes, rather than yes. My yes. Partners, <laughs> yeah and so um and actually like they're not your half you're a whole person and they're a whole person mm-hmm. and the relationship brings two whole people together but if you believe you're only half a person unless you've got a, a partner actually then a we're not offering our whole deal to the other person are we? because we're like yeah you're just going to get half a person here but also we're not going to be able to assert boundaries we're not going to be able to say no this isn't okay because we're going to feel well we're going to lose half of ourselves and although relationships are important our ability to be whole by ourselves is actually really crucial so some of that is some of the messaging that we are also giving.
0: Mm, I love that you mentioned this I actually read something I, I was reading something very very important Recently, and it just actually got me thinking and uh, the person made, and it was actually, it is about trauma, but it's also about, you know, just, healing and walking the journey and I just happened to be reading it and in there it was something that stuck out to me it said that you know sometimes when you meet someone you have a response in your body and often we interpret that as being a romantic connection or a spark but actually it's your body's response to something that is familiar that is actually could be abusive or traumatic from your past and your body is having that response we interpret it because exactly like you said there are these societal messages there's movies we've watched these things that we've watched we have a sort of experience in our bodies whatever it may be you know your heart rate or getting sweaty or your palms are getting you know clammy and you're like oh I'm so attracted to this person but actually they remind you of your, your, your body is sensing that there's something that is very familiar here from an abuser that you had in the past and I think it's a wake-up call it's a massive wake-up call because often we interpret these things as being oh so romantic and oh this connection but again if we have these tools we can actually begin to see that actually there's something else that's happening here and this whole mask that we've been given of watching these romantic movies or reading these romantic books or all these things that happen it's actually you know once we take it off we can see life differently and Natalie, I can't believe we've come to the end of the show I feel like there's so much more that I wanted to chat with you about but hopefully we'll be able to do this again in closing I wanted to ask you you know obviously people have been listening in and going Oh my gosh, this course sounds amazing. I feel like maybe I could benefit or someone that I know could benefit. How can they get in touch with you? How can they sign up for the course? And of course, one of the big things that people are probably thinking is, well, Natalie's in the UK and the course is probably going to be in pounds, and pounds are super expensive. How how do they get in touch and figure out, as you know, I think it's like 20 to one now. So it's like it's a crazy world. But how do they get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, so the Own My Life course's um, website is ownmylifecourse.org. Um, they can uh, contact us via that. Um, our training is, we run training monthly. So rather than women, primarily what the people who could do with contacting us are people who would like to train to run the course. So practitioners or people who might be thinking, actually our church wants to have a ministry that mm-hmm. um, helps women who've been subject to abuse. Um, so we can deliver training. And so because the time difference isn't massive in them, um, the UK you know between the UK mm-hmm. and South Africa um, we can potentially offer that training and um, they could come to our, our training with UK practitioners because the time zone would work and um, we can talk about the um the financial kind of implications around that at, at the minute because we're not really running it in South Africa I'm really keen to see it piloted there which means that we would be f- funding the capacity to pilot it in that way so yeah mm-hmm. so people should definitely get in touch we also have ownmylifediscovery.org and that um, is a website which has all all the course videos so if you don't if you want to kind of learn more about the stuff i've been talking about and about how the brain works and that kind of thing you can pay for a, a monthly fee you can get access to the um the videos and supporting resources so um we again that is set up for the uk but if you email us or contact us via either of the website ownmylifecourse.org or ownmylifediscovery.org and um, we can have some conversations about making it affordable um, given the currency differences
0: Awesome. Wow, Natalie, thank you so much for being here today. And I pray so much blessings on this course and over you for everything that you are doing. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing for women in our world. And it's been such a a pleasure just to have this time with you and to have this conversation. Again, I'm going to give out all those details at the end of the show, right at the end. But Natalie, thanks again for being here and take care.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Wow, thank you so much Natalie I I feel actually empowered in my own life Just from listening to Natalie And the joy and the excitement that she carries The passion that she has for this topic But also not only for this topic But also really, really for women And for their empowerment and empowering their lives And so do not forget You can go on over to the website And I really, really do encourage you To go to ownmylifecourse.org And to reach out to Natalie Like she said She would love to see it piloted here in South Africa, and if that is the case, that means that the course will be funded. And so, there are so many opportunities, like I said earlier on in the show, and Natalie did say it as well. She came out here a few years ago and did the day day course training out here with gender justice specialists as well as non profits and organizations helping them help others be empowered in the area of gender based violence. She's been doing this work for a very long time, and I believe that this course is so very impactful and, and powerful. And although I know I keep Keep talking about the course, really, it is just about you. It's about you taking ownership of your life. And it's about you saying, you know what, I can choose my life, and maybe you don't feel like you've ever had that privilege or that power. You know because maybe yes you've experienced abuse maybe you've not experienced abuse but just everybody else holding the power over your life sometimes the disempowerment looks like the fact that you've never ever been able to set boundaries maybe you're a people pleaser and that's part of you actually just abusing yourself and you giving over power of your own agency to other people where they make decisions for you where you are always doing things that is incongruent with your destiny with your calling with your heart space just recently i was at a conference where i was asked by a wonderful wonderful lady to give her some advice on being a pastor and when i began to when we began to talk and go into things i realized that this person really just wanted to run away from being a pastor they really didn't want to be in that space we really chatted through things and and at the heart of it was just that sense that People just do not have any form of boundaries sometimes with our faith leaders. Sometimes they'll knock on the door late at night when you're trying to feed your family or you're trying to take care of the kids and they'll expect you to be there for counseling and prayer late into the night hours. They expect you that you have to pray for them prophetically or give them a word from God. You have to consistently be available so much so that your marriage is falling apart, so much so that your life is falling apart, so much so that your kids are suffering, so much so that your family, you know, hasn't got to that point where you're available for them and you're not available for yourself so much so that you want to run away from your calling and what God is really speaking to you and that's to be a pastor but not to be available to everybody and that just shows that people are in a space where they begin to abuse faith leaders as well and and just don't realize that there needs to be boundaries But yet this individual, when I said, you've got to set boundaries and you've got to stand up and you've got to take care of the space, they said, I don't want to be selfish. And this is at the root also, and I feel the need to share this today, this is at the root of often what we teach within Christian circles, that being a person of boundaries is selfish, but actually it's not. And so these are the ways that we can take ownership of our lives and begin to realize that our life is valuable and it's precious and we need to be able to take ownership, we need to be able to set healthy boundaries we know there's a book called boundaries if you've never read it it's incredible get it i encourage you to even think about things like that because on practical levels you may not have been in a relationship of abuse but there are many ways that life disempowers us and that is the opposite of an abundant life as well so I pray that this show has been such a blessing for you. Get onto those websites, check it out. And you know what? Be blessed. Be empowered to take ownership of your life and to use it for all the good that God has intended you to use it for. Be blessed, may God richly, richly bless you and your loved ones today. And I'll see you next week.